Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Episode 179 of Slam Fire Radio for November 4th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm another one, your host, Matthew McClatchy. And I'm Adriel Michaud. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Trevor's Trevor's not here with us again. Trevor is hurting. Yeah, he did. I was going to say Dave wrote in another email, but he didn't. Well, because Trevor's (laughs) not here, Dave should have. That would have been perfect. Yeah, no, he really does hate you, Dave. He really does. Anytime you no. write in, he not here. Yeah. So if you could just but keep he... writing in, Dave, it'd be great. <laughs> oh, oh, did I say that? I thought my mic was muted. Sorry, Trevor, my bad. <laughs> uh, hmm. Poor, poor Trevor. He's hurting a little bit. Yeah, he should be back next week though, and it'll, it'll probably be a longer show. Probably. Yeah, because yeah. he'll have lots to catch up on. Hopefully, he has been doing some stuff. Maybe if, well, has, if he can. Hasn't really been doing shooting though, has he? No. 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 Oh, well. Anyway, speaking of shooting, That's enough about Trevor. Yeah, let's carry on. (laughs) What'd you do? I didn't do anything. Awesome. It was awesome. I, uh, yeah. Um, I I did uh, not get a chance to go out and do my aerial hunting the way I wanted to because the weather crapped out on me. I was planning on doing it yesterday, then it rained, then I was going to do it tonight before the show and it rained so now my next window of opportunity is saturday so maybe saturday if the weather holds i don't know we'll see but uh related to that i uh, had a bit of a mid youtube channel crisis if you will <laughs> i Aww. was sort of concerned that my gun viewers were getting irritated at my flying videos and my flying viewers were getting irritated at my gun videos and so I put up a a video to the subscribers and basically asked them should I split the channel am I irritating you people like I don't want to irritate you if I don't have to I can make another channel and put all my flying videos on that and just keep this gun channel and um, so anyway, one of the, most of the, the replies were, you know, either split or don't split or I like them both or I don't care, whatever. But this one, I just, I have to share it because it was really cool. Uh, he yeah. writes, tough call. I'm a 300 hour private pilot building a Chinook, which is one of the planes I own. And I fall f- squarely on the flying side, but I'm also a big city liberal with distinct opinions about the proliferation of guns in our culture. Seeing you responsibly and respectfully handle firearms is a benefit to me as it helps provide context to bridge the gap. The more I understand about that world, the better partner I can be as we all search for a scalable middle ground. I vote for keeping them together and you investing that valuable time in creation of more content that we also enjoy. Awesome. It was a really interesting comment. I mean, I guess it shows that... uh... You know, some people out there, they need to see that you're into more than just that. And you've got, you know, other hobbies and you're just a regular guy kind of a thing, right? Yeah. 
it, it was it was just really neat to see you know somebody from that other camp actually admit to learning something and being open-minded. I am so used to the other side being so closed-minded on this issue that, uh, you know, to, to hear from somebody who's open-minded about it and who's willing to, to look at that, that content and go, oh, well, hold on a second. Maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. It's, yep. you know, it was just a, a real uh, shot in the arm, I guess, for, you know, just for humanity, really, from my point of view. It's like, <laughs> wow, look at that. The, the other side isn't completely messed up. There's hope for some of them yet. So, I don't yeah. know. I, d- I thought it was a cool comment, and I thought I'd share that with you guys. So, uh, the consensus is, for anybody who cares, the channel's not splitting. It's going to stay the way it is, mostly Yay. because of that comment and mostly because 90% of the rest of the comments also said, no, nah, forget about it. Don't split. It's fine. So, I wasn't really irritating people. I just thought I was. So, I'm just going to continue on with what I've been doing. Awesome. But that being I a- said... I oh, oh, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the things that I think that... Maybe he was brought there because of your flying, and obviously he mm-hmm. loves flying, and he saw the other videos too. It's I think that a lot a lot of people um they're a little bit more open if you can share something in common with them. And right, do you know what I mean? I do. Yes, they're they're open to that. So you you probably he commented on it, but I think you actually have impacted a few more people that haven't commented as well. And I think you know the the fact that both top. Both types of content are on the same channel. Kind of lets that happen. Had I split the channel right off the bat and never put any gun videos on my flying channel and vice versa, he never would have seen them, and he'd still be firmly entrenched in the other entrenched in the other camp. So, yep. yeah. So it just yep. goes to show once again that it's a good thing to share your passion uh, for firearms because it does help promote a healthy outlook for for other people who are viewing them. As long as you put out suitable content, it's important not to put out the times when you're being a dumbass. Because that does happen as well. You know, <laughs> can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, that that was that was kind of neat, and uh, I did want to say that I do need to get a little bit back into the shooting side of my channel. So I don't know what I have planned yet, but I'm going to be planning something soon. More gun stuff on my channel. So um, YouTube subscribers to my channel, you can look forward to that hopefully soon. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so anyway, that was me. So um, I guess that uh, brings us to Trevor, who's not here. So it skips right over to Adriel. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, so I was out at the range on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I shot my Tika, sighted it in. It was, it was a little bit busy at the range. There's a lot of uh, a lot of last-minute hunters like me that, uh, you know. <laughs> Waited to least... the last minute to get out there. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You know, at least I've got a good excuse because I'm I'm constantly going through rifles and that kind of thing. So you know, I can't just uh, I can't yeah. Just it's crack not like rifle. it was sighted in from last year. Still, I mean, this is yeah. like <laughs> brand new to you, so you kind of have to get out there and use it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I found it really likes this Hornady American. Oh, it's not Hornady American Hunter. Just a second. I got the box right here. Hornady American Whitetail. It's like. Deer bullets. <laughs> Deer bullets. Well, it's got white tail right on it. So what else are you going to shoot yep. with it? It's got the American flag. It's foil embossed, so it's all shiny. Yeah. That <laughs> adds America. 50 feet per second to your velocity, you know, that shiny foil stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, aside from that, my Tika really liked it, and uh, and it's cheap. So, you know, I'll uh, Even better. I love it when I find cheap ammo that my guns like. Yeah. 
I've, I mean, I've, I, I bought three other boxes of ammo to try, and it just, I really like this stuff. So I'll run that. Uh, that's uh, that's fine with me. Uh, I also shot the BRS-99. Um, you you mentioned you had some reliability issues with the one you had, right, Matthew? The only issues that I had with it is it didn't always lock back on the last shot, and that was mag-related. I didn't have any reliability issues, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that every time I press a trigger, it went bang, and it never failed to feed or failed to eject. I think, uh, yeah, it worked great. It was just every now and then it wouldn't lock back on the last shot, and it turned out it was just one of the magazines. Yeah, no, uh, this one this one worked 100% of reliability. It, uh, it, like, it went bang every time you pull the trigger. Uh, the mags all fed really nicely. Um, I did find that, like, shooting with the irons, oh, my, for the birds, shooting with a red dot, yeah, that's, that's <sighs> where I'm at with this thing. <laughs> it, I the, didn't the, mind the irons. I actually found them to be quite accurate. Um, I was able to hit things that I didn't think I'd be able to hit with such a short sight radius and such crappy irons, but I it seemed to work quite well for me. How, how, long, how big was like, the distance? Sorry. The sight radius is, like, 10 inches, <laughs> if that. No, how... No, for, how far were you hitting the stuff? Was it the oh, stuff? Oh, like 150 then? meters. Like, oh, the same distance that I shoot my 22s at. Like, I went to that gravel pit, and I was doing the same thing with my 22s, picking off rocks across the gravel pit with it. Like, just, I was hitting things that I I just didn't think I'd be able to, but I, I could. Surprising, uh, surprisingly accurate. I didn't I didn't punch paper or anything like that, but I was just whacking a gong at, uh, at 100 yards. Uh, and with that red dot, it, no problem, just... Put it on the target and pull the trigger, and and you're gonna hit that gong. Yep. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of uh, a lot of turned heads because right now it's uh you know we're gearing up for deer hunting season. The season starts general season starts November here in uh, here in Alberta. So everyone out there like sighting in their their hunting rifles and I'm, <laughs> I've got this BRS 99 out there plinking away <laughs> on their teeth. It's like, uh, are you using that for hunting? I'm like, I guess I could. I it's could. it's larger than 23 caliber yeah. and it's center fire. Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to use it. I'm. I'm. I'm not. But I could. But you uh, could. That's right. And that's the like, key there. Yeah. No. It was. A, it was a. It's a fun little gun. Um. One. One issue I did have with it. Uh. The. Uh. Barrel shroud. I took it off and put it on again. I may not have torqued it down quite. I thought I torqued it down hard enough, but it's just got this one sleeve bit on the back of the barrel where it clamps in, and uh, mine. I don't think it had been clamped in there quite tight enough, and it got a little bit forward. I shot the end of this uh, uh, barrel shroud right off. It went like 30 meters down. Right? I, yeah, I was just going to say, I bet you that went for a ride, didn't it? Yep, yeah. I was surprised we found it. But uh, no, I, <laughs> as I shot it, I'm like, what the? What the <laughs> that way. And my buddy was watching. He's like, I think that's a part of your bear shroud. <laughs> oops. Oops. But, uh, oops, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tactical imports. <laughs> I'm going to send this thing back with a real a real nicely worded th- uh, sorry letter, I guess, on there. You're going to have to. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an expensive thing. It's just like a, a, a tube with a, with a couple uh, nuts on it. But, um, yeah, I'll just have to let them know I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, well, also, while I was out at the range, I was shooting my uh, FNS. And a, a while ba- back, I got... Uh, I think I got 5,000 of the uh, Dominion Arms small rifle primers because uh, Canada Ammo mentioned that they're basically the same thing as the small pistol primers. Uh, now, I, through my MMP with reduced power trigger springs and whatnot, it wasn't reliable. It, it uh, I'd get a failure maybe one or two rounds of mag, which is way too much. Yep. Uh, but in the FNS, 
every time. Works no problem. Uh, it, it, it also works fine in my buddy's uh, uh, shadow. So it's just, it, it needs a little bit more oomph to go off. But the Dominion Arms primers are way cheaper. I think I, it was like two and a half cents or something like that. Whereas your regular stuff is five cents, five and a half cents. I mean, it makes a difference if you're going to make like thousands of them, right? Right. So, uh, uh, so they're 100% reliable in my FNS9. I think I ran about 100 rounds, zero failures. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to make just a whack of those things over the winter. Um, <laughs> you're, you're selecting the, the, the thing I'll talk about next year. I also bought a, a Beretta Brigadier. It's a, it's a, like a Beretta 96. It's, uh, uh, in, in 40 Smith and Wesson. It's kind of like a more meaty version of their Beretta 92. Um, more meaty? More meaty? That more, thing's, the yeah. Beretta 92's already freaking huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't got my hands on it just yet. Um, I'm, I'm picking up, to, uh, picking it up tonight. I just got the transfer notice through today, so I'll, uh, I'll go snag it tonight here. And, uh, what else did I do? I actually sold a couple of pistols too. I sold, I had a, oh, an SR9 that I sold and a Para that I sold. So just, Buying yeah. and selling a bunch of pistols. Yeah, you're you're okay selling those. <laughs> Nothing wrong with them, really. I mean, the SR9. I used to have one. It's a cool gun and all, but eh, you've you've got the gun you need there, right? Exactly. And when it comes to pistols, um, I I compete with them at three gun, and I do nothing else. I don't like I don't roll into the range and be like, you know what would be really great is just to sit and shoot my pistol at 25 meters and punch some really small groups that would just be it that's that's like not an idea of a good time to me my idea of a good time is like jumping through barrels and uh and shooting stuff around corners and like action shooting with a pistol whereas with rifles like you know i'll, I'll go hunting with them and i'll go to gravel pits and that kind of thing with shotguns i'll bust clays you know so i don't i don't really see the need of having like a whole pile of pistols again that's just me though see this I, is trevor rolling over in his bed there going <laughs> oh what's going on what are you I doing? On. You need at least four polymer striker-fired pistols. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all the same. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah. Well, you Anyways. got a Beretta now. Or yeah, you're getting yeah. one, right? Yeah. yeah. Tonight. Um, let's see. Oh, and I've been... I've been really uh, a meat eater came up on Netflix. I've never... I don't really watch a lot of hunting shows. I don't watch a lot of hunting shows because... I don't really like to watch hunting shows. They talk, they talk so, there's so much product pitch in them. They talk about whatever truck they're driving. It's like, I don't care. I don't care about your truck. Yeah. Okay. It's a cheap truck here. Who cares? Or or they, they get, um, just doesn't feel real. They get really nerfed up about making the shot. They do the like cliffhanger stuff in between in the show. It's just all the bad tropes of of TV, right? I don't don't have TV. I don't have TV because I hate watching cable TV. But uh, I've been watching this meteor on Netflix and I really like it. The guy, I think he's the only guy that I know that it's like, oh, he's eaten more different kinds of meats than I have. (laughs) (laughs) And you've been... Uh, to some pretty far away places. Yeah, I mean, I lived in China for three years, and I I didn't say no to anything, so I I ate a whole bunch of stuff there. But uh, when he's talking about like, oh yeah, this time I had I I had dog in uh, in Hanoi, and they did it like this. So this is how I'm going to do this coyote. Is like this guy's on another level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I've been really enjoying those, uh, and that's uh. I think that's it for me. I am gearing up to uh, to go hunting this weekend. I'm going to go 
uh, take my boy and a buddy of mine, and we're going to go do a bit of just a, just a little bit of hunting just on the weekend here. Um, we're also going to do like a week long hunt in the third week of November here. So that's we're cool. Up. Yeah, that'll be for white tailed deer. Uh, and then another one of my buddies has a moose and a mule deer draw. So uh, if he gets a moose, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of work. <laughs> yep. Now, what area are you going to? Are you going north of you, or are you sticking around where you are? Uh, no, I'm gonna go uh, east of me. So I'm 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 inside a city of of uh, right around a million people. So I gotta you gotta you gotta go a little ways before you get what? to where to people, right? You know, yeah. You're not hunting inside the city. <laughs> uh, there are, there's a WMU for a wildlife management unit unit for uh, North Edmonton and for South Edmonton, and I guess there's a couple of places you can use bow. And oh. and they have like a really open draw, so you can you could go in there and and nail a couple of whitetails. Now <laughs> you might be on the side of a highway or something like that, and there might be you know parents yeah. like driving their kids to school or something like that and watching you like butcher a deer in a field. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At the zoo. And <laughs> at the zoo. <laughs> Mommy. Yeah, I thought it was a whitetail, but no, it turned out to be a giraffe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Honest mistake, really. <laughs> no, but uh, that's what I've been up to in uh, in guns. What about you, Kelly? Nothing. Again, it's fourth week in a row I haven't gone to the range. So uh, I did good. Why not? Again, it was really crappy weather on the weekend. It was raining and really cold, so we didn't go. That's, you know, that's good reason. Yep. We really have to go, though. I'm getting kind of anxious about it. So we'll go this weekend. It's supposed to be pretty nice. It's supposed to be actually sunny. A little cool, but sunny. Uh, but I did go to SFRC. I went there on Saturday. They had a 15% off sale. Woo! Nice. And I bought some stuff. Uh, it was all Christmas shopping, though. So it's not for me. It's for other people. And I can't say what I bought because, well, they're getting it. And they listen to the show. So Is it me? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thousand rounds of 9mm. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, just trying to up Trevor, huh? Trying to trying to be the most uh, well liked host on here. Yeah, that's yeah. it. No. <laughs> but yeah, so they had yeah they had some great stuff in, and we're going to talk about some of the things that they had in in what's new and improved. Cool. Uh, yeah. So upcoming events. Uh, let's see. Canadian Patriot Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. They're hosting the charity event at the Guelph Rod and Gum Club, and they're hosting it this weekend. So if you want to go out, go out and support that because it's a really worthy cause. Uh, it's in regards to one of the family members of the hosts. Uh, she's recently passed from cancer, so it's a it's a good cause to go. Uh, I know a few people that are going. Uh, and I was going to say, are you guys going? But you're not. Nope. <laughs> a little far away. A little, a little far. It's, yeah. It's even far for me to drive as well, so... And I'm in Ontario. Uh, the next one we have is from Rick Woods. Uh, it's the Active Killer Defense Course. It's going to be happening on December 4th, which is a Sunday. And it's going to be happening in London, Ontario. People can sign up at fireartsolutions.ca or activekillerdefense.com. And when you're typing in Active Killer Defense, defense is spelled the American way. Hmm. And Good to know. Yeah, and if you're interested in letting us know about any upcoming events, just email the show, and we can actually put them in here for you, too. So it's a good way to spread the word. News. I was going to say there's nothing new and approved, but apparently there are. Type 81. 
Well, okay, so this thing was approved for uh, for sale in February, but there's something that just recently happened here. I'm still trying to track down the the thread of of where it happened, but apparently uh, the 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 timeline for these things to come in is just going to be uh, over the winter. Yep. Uh, so they're coming in, they're being made in the factory, and they should be here in winter. So uh, just for people who who don't know, it's kind of like a an SKS and an AK like got together and kissed and cuddled and kind of had a baby. Huh. <laughs> it's like All an right. SKS action with with an AK magazine style, uh, but not like not truly the AK mag. It's a little bit different. I believe right. that's to, because it does a a bolt hold open, whereas the AK pattern mags uh, don't do that. Right. Because why, why do you need that feature? <laughs> Right. Tactical Imports is uh, bringing it in. They said around uh, November-ish, they, or, or December-ish, they'd be bringing it in. And it's ugly. Trevor would hate it. <laughs> Serious. Yeah. Well, it's, I saw it at the Toronto show. Sorry. Go ahead. To compete with the VZ-58 um, and, and, and that kind of thing, right? Now, yep. the, the one that was traveling on the show is not going to be the ones that, like, it's not going to be as yeah. similar to the ones that they're putting out because the ones they're putting out are supposed to be new wood, new most other other yeah. stuff, right? It's supposed to be parkerized uh, and yeah, the new wood. It, this one this one looked like it was in the jungles of some place and got beat around and all that. Jungles but, of you know Vietnam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was cool and yeah, you're right. SKS and you know an AK-47 kissed and cuddled and they made this little thing. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a neat rifle. I mean, if it if it gets to the if it gets to Canada here and it's nine hundred, eight hundred bucks, it's going to be really competitive with the VZ fifty eights and the A five eights and that kind of thing. Because those guys, I think Wolverine Supplies is bringing in uh, another shipment of those with uh, a, a different style wood on them, and mm-hmm. they're around. I want to say they're around thirteen hundred dollars. So they're they were more than that. Tactical mm-hmm. Imports was uh, saying that they were going to be. A- much more than that. So the Type eighty ones. Yeah, the Type eighty ones are nine ninety nine. They're just a, a thousand oh, really? bucks for pre for pre order. So if you if you really want one, pre order now because uh, <laughs> that price is probably going to change. But you know, our our dollar changed uh, uh, on the timeline that these guys got them in. So there's that mm, too. Uh, yeah, thousand bucks. Yeah, nine ninety nine 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 ninety nine for the low low <laughs> price. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then also Colt Canada uh, MRR is out in stores now. Woohoo! You gonna buy one? What's the MRR? The MRR, the the new. Um, it's like uh, it's the like the <laughs> the, 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 the what the, now? The, <laughs> it's a rifle thingy. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. Modern rifle cool. radio. Yeah, no, no that's right. special. different. Does some, did Bolivar have a have a hand in this thing? No, and I thought he would oh. be one of the ones to, to buy the mm. first one, but he's not. So, <laughs> anyways, it's in stock. It is the module rail rifle, and ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, so it's in stores now. It is a little bit more expensive than uh, the Type eighty one. You're talking about close to two thousand, hmm. and even more expensive than that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bushmaster ACR DMR designated marksman rifles. This is the uh, the longer barrel, heavier sniper-ish kind of uh, 
kind of ACR that's out there. This is this one's supposed to be more accurate. Uh, it's got a really cool uh, buttstock on it that's like fully adjustable. Uh, so this is again like all your non-restricted semi-autos in Canada all have like an extra. I don't want to say tax, but they all cost quite a bit more. And uh, this is one of those black rifles out there. So I think this is right around thirty-four hundred dollars that uh, that this thing's coming in at. I'm thinking that we're giving them the cheap one, the middle-priced one, the more expensive one. Kind of worked out like that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to main topics? Sure. Yeah. All right. We're going to actually, I'm going to fire out a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. How's that? Sounds like fun. Okay. Yep. So, funny, most interesting stories. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I've got one. Uh, so, we were going to a course uh, with a couple of buddies of mine and uh, had all our guns in the car. We're driving out there. It's about a 45-minute drive. We've got lots of time. We're... We're, you know, going to be there about 10 minutes early and we're about, I would say about five minutes away from the, from the place. And my buddy's like starts tapping his pockets and, uh, forgot his key to his case and to his, uh, rifles and pistol and all that stuff. <laughs> so we had to Awesome. So what you see with a lot of people who've been shooting a while is either they have multiple keys on them in a couple of different like redundant places, or they run those cheapo little combo locks and uh, and they never have to carry keys at all. Uh, the the trigger locks themselves you can break into with a screwdriver. The lock on a an aluminum case is a little bit tougher. It is. Yep. We ended up breaking into uh, somebody's trigger lock at the gun shoot that I was at two weekends ago because they forgot their key. Um, surprisingly easy to do. In fact, I've got a YouTube video on how to do it. It's <laughs> it's not challenging, and it just goes to show that uh, trigger locks are like any other lock, just there for the honest. Yes. All you have to do is just pop them off, mm-hmm. right? You, well, it does. It, there's a bit of a technique to it, but uh, but yeah, you can with a with a little precision screwdriver, you can get in there and just kind of pop them off. But uh, yeah, locks on those aluminum cases. <laughs> Those, yeah, they're pretty hard to defeat. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're looking for those combo locks, I'm just on eBay right now. They've got the little three-digit combo locks for travel luggage for $2.50 with shipping. Nice. <laughs> I need a bunch of those. I have, I have like four keys, I think, and that opens all of my locks. I have, I have probably two dozen locks, but I've managed to find keys that open multiple locks. So I've only got about four locks and everything else is combinations, but I'd like to get rid of all of my keys and just go pure combination because then you never forget your key. It's perfect. Yep. That's all we do is pure combination. Yep. Oh, I found yep. one for a buck ninety with with <laughs> shipping. <laughs> Mind you, it opens with any combination. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just put in a combination and it'll open. <laughs> oh. Okay. Matthew, have you ever had a story that you've been dying to tell that you haven't been able to tell? So now's your chance. <laughs> well, um, I had a, a, a funny or, or interesting story uh, at the gun range from a few years ago. And I think I told it back on CRR, but uh, I'll repeat it again because it was just, it's just, it, 
ah, my jaw just hit the floor and I was like, what? It was just one of those moments where it's just like, I can't believe I just heard that. So I'm at the range, I'm shooting my 22, and there's this old guy shooting an old 38 Smith & Wesson revolver or something or other, just kind of popping away. His ammo sounds funny. There's a lot of smoke every now and then. Sometimes there's not so much. It's some, some shots sound way louder than others, but whatever. He's having a good time shooting whatever ammo he can afford, I guess, whatever. So I'm shooting away, and I get a dud. And so I, you know, take the, the dud 22 round out, and I'm going to throw it in the garbage. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, what? He goes, I'll take that. I'm like, okay. So I, I give it to him, and I'm shooting away and shooting away, and, you know, click, I get another dud a little while. I was shooting some really cheap ammo, so I, I had a couple duds. And so, again, he's like, yeah, I'll take that. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what, why? He goes, oh, well, two twenty twos. Uh when they're duds, you take the powder out, it's perfect load for thirty eight Smith & Wesson. I was like, well, that guy, he knows when to see a bargain, eh? <laughs> I now understand why your ammo sounds different sometimes, because you're just putting in there whatever you find on the ground, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't oh, matter which brown brand it, was, it is. Oh, it was just in. like, come on, seriously? I can't believe you have all your fingers. But anyway, that's what he was doing. He would take dud 22s, and two of them would go into the case of a 38, and off he'd go. Reload and reload at the range. Well, no, he wouldn't do it right there, but he'd take it uh, home and he'd, he'd, he'd do it when he got home and, and reload it and bring it back and shoot it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Awesome>. good times. <laughs> okay. What about your best shot? Matthew, what do you got? Oh, I've got so many, I can't even, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite, well, I've got a couple. I mean, my favorite all-time shot that is just one of those where I just can't tell the story because nobody believes me. It's the one I told a couple weeks ago or a month ago where I shot the wings off the fly oh, while it was flying. Fly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's just like, that's an amazing, astoundingly lucky shot. I mean, yes, I'll admit there was a little bit of skill involved. I knew where to aim, how to aim, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't know I was going to shoot the wings off the darn thing. But I mean, that was, that was cool. But I think one of my favorite shots that I've pulled off where I've had witnesses, because I've pulled off quite a few where I haven't had witnesses. And again, nobody believes me. It's the big fish story. But um, when I was out hunting with Trevor and he flushed a grouse and it was coming basically right at me. And uh, I just snapshot it out of the air. It was just like I, I saw him for maybe a half second. And the, the gun came up, safety came off, bang, and I, I blew him out of the sky. So that was that was my favorite shot, mostly because people witnessed it. Because <laughs> otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> um, another one, we had put a clay uh, downrange at, uh, at this range um, where I was shooting. And uh, I'll leave the names out of it to protect the innocent uh, because we may or may not have been shooting at 100 yards with our pistols when we weren't supposed to. But we were doing it in ignorantly. We didn't know that we couldn't. This was like way back before, you know, when, when I started getting back into guns, like even before I met Trevor. This was long ago. Um, anyhow, we were shooting at 100 yards with our pistols and I put a clay target up on the berm. And I'm like, watch this, and pulled my handgun out, and one-handed shot it and shattered it, one at 100 yards. And they were like, whoa, do that again. And I was like, I unloaded my gun, put it away. I'm done for the day, boys. <laughs> I'm not doing that again, because I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you leave it on a good note. Yep. And uh, I guess the, the last one, Trevor can attest to this when he was a witness to it. Uh, one-handed clay out of the air with a shotgun. Serious. Yeah, that was fun. So... I believe I believe the words "I love you" left his lips shortly <laughs> after that. 
But awesome. uh, yeah, those are some of the some of my more memorable shots that I enjoyed making and and actually being successful on. The what about, fly. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to ask about the fly story. Like, all right, when you saw the fly, were you tracking it like you were tracking, you know, geese for yes. hunting? Yes. I saw the fly. I, I honed in on it. I aimed at the fly with the intention of shooting the fly out of the air. That's, you know, I line, I, just like anything else, I just brought the gun up, hey, and then bang, and the fly just kind of spiraled down into the water. I, 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 I mean, my jaw hit the floor too, but I just made sure nobody saw it. I'm like, yeah, I meant to do that. And then, of course, a few minutes later, I managed to actually blast a fly completely out of the air. Like, I did it a second time. This time, I didn't shoot the wings off it, though. I just actually completely connected with it and completely vaporized it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the first time, it was like only one person was watching, just my nephew, Liam. He's like, oh, no way. I can't believe you did that. And then now, Curtis and, and my other nephew, Chris, were both watching. I'm like, i got to do it again. And uh, this is the one time where I managed to actually pull it off a second time. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? You got any cool uh, shots that you've made that you're you're proud of that you want to talk about? Uh, Cool shots? Mm, Well, one of the probably most interesting or funny or maybe coolest was uh, Kevin and I went to the range one day and we were just doing different things for fun. We were shooting all kinds of different things and I had some almonds on the table. Did I tell you guys this story? Uh, this does not sound familiar no. to me so far. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. Okay. So we took an almond. You know how big an almond is, right? Not very. Not very big. So he took an almond and he stabled it to the target for him. And he took an almond and he stabled it to the target for me. Anyways, and he goes, well, it's the almond challenge. First one to shoot the almond and, you know, basically get rid of the almond wins. So we go back and we're at the, I think it was 30 yards and we were using 1022. So I took one shot. I missed. I was about an inch to the right. So I adjusted and my next shot, almond was gone. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, so he got down on, on the mat and uh, he started shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. He, <laughs> he <laughs> emptied a box of ammo and... <laughs> <laughs> and that, and I was texting Brian and taking pictures, <laughs> Brian Bolivar, and all that. And uh, yeah, so, and this is uh, this is actually just after just after we got back from Appleseed the first time. So I was really excited about the fact that it only took me two shots, and yeah. So I won the almond challenge. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it was funny. Uh, the other thing is again, it's something that I'm proud of because of the fact that I went from uh, being a terrible shot to being not so bad shot. Um, a year ago, we went to the Brockville range and a bunch of us had a fun shoot and it was the older guys there. And again, it was 1022s and I didn't place all that great. I placed it, I placed, it was a fun shoot from, um, we were standing seated and, and uh, shooting from the 50 yard at, um, as well. So I placed probably about, I don't know, uh, 15th out of uh, 20, 20 guys. Anyways, this time, this year I went and did the same shoot. It was in the springtime and uh, I placed third. And everybody was excited about who was going to be first, who was going to be second. And uh, the older guys, they were so cute because they were trying to help me with my shooting and that. And I said, no, it's okay. I can do it. 
And uh, and then they found out that I placed third, so they weren't giving me any more tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how the help goes away once uh, you start beating the guys. <laughs> I know. So they were they were kind of surprised, but they were also that's pretty cool. And I said, "Yep, not nice. a bad shot." That's so, cool. Yeah. So, Adriel, what about you? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I think the probably the one that's the standout is uh, is shooting a couple deer at uh, at 650 yards. That's uh, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> it's just those. Uh, my my other buddy was hungover and uh, decided to sleep in, and so I went out on the on the field and uh, and those, there were those deers at uh, at long range. Uh, glassed them, lazed them, and uh, got a really good rest and uh, took them both out. This was uh, uh, a couple years ago when there was uh, you could get multiple uh, tickets or licenses for deer kind of a thing, right? What was the distance again? 650. Nice. That's nice. That's cool. It was long enough. It was long enough where I could shoot, bring the scope back down, and see the deer drop from the shot. <laughs> I love doing that. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I haven't shot that distance with centerfire, but I've shot, uh, I guess not even the equivalent distance, but I've shot uh, 300 yards with my 22, and sort of the same thing. It's like bang, and then you you see the gong move, and then you hear it, ding, and then it, it's just this, this, yeah, it's really neat whenever you can sort of. I mean, most people think of guns as you shoot and it's instantaneous because yeah. our brains just can't process how fast it, it happens. But whenever you shoot long range like that, you really get an appreciation for, well, these things really aren't instantaneous. You the, the, you know, there's time that, that passes when you press a mm-hmm. trigger and until the bullet hits where it's going to hit. It's, it's just kind of cool. Yep. You can see the trajectory and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can watch the vapor trails on them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe with this question, it can be actually, it's two questions, but it can be also uh, the same question all at once. What's the tallest tale you've heard at the gun store? Or maybe the dumbest advice you've ever gotten or heard? <laughs> um, well, uh, well, the dumbest advice, well, one, one of the, that's got to be top 10 anyway is um, the, the old, you don't need a handgun. All you need is a shotgun in your house. You just rack that slide and yeah. everybody's going to go running. I've I've like I've literally heard that firsthand from somebody. It's like you know I've I've seen that on CGN and other gun forums and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you know people always talk about it, but I've actually literally heard that come out of somebody's mouth, and I just stopped. And my uh, really, <sighs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All but, right. What uh, about- go ahead. No, I was gonna say what else. I, I, nothing else comes to mind off the top of my head. I should have written some stuff down because I know there's some pretty dumb stories I've heard. I, I've walked, I guess, I guess this one may have been mentioned on the show. I don't remember. It was when I was over in Maine dropping Tommy off, uh, back at the airport. Missed his flight or the flight was delayed, I guess. And so we went to the local gun store because we had nothing else to do. And, uh, maybe it wasn't Tommy. Maybe it was, maybe Daniel? it was, maybe it was Daniel. No, I think it was Tommy. I think I just told Daniel. Uh, anyway, we were there, and uh, this guy comes in, and he, uh, he he was picking up a new gun he had just ordered. They had ordered it in for him, and, and he uh, he picked it up, and he was sort of bragging about it to the, the counter staff there and goes, yeah, yeah, this is a 76-2 by 39. <laughs> a 76-2. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's, can I see the bullets for that? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, the the one I hear a lot is uh, people just mentioning how flat a rifle is, mm-hmm. and and but they'll compare it to something that's very similar. So like a uh, a 300 Win Mag compared with uh, a 7 mm Rem Mag. Yes, the 7 mm Rem Mag is a touch flatter uh, over, over uh, let's say like three 400 yards kind of a thing. But the difference is way less than people attribute it to. Some people say, oh yeah, I just I sight my rifle in for you know zero at 200 and it's good to 400 yards. No, it's not. It's not good to 400 yards. At 400 yards, you're you're dropping uh, enough to where you're getting outside that uh, that kill zone on a deer, right? So you know, a lot of people just prescribe these magical quantities. They, you know, you just have to endure the kick of a 300 win mag, and then the flatness is taken care of. No, it's not. You're just uh, you're still hitting low. You still have to know your distances, and you still have to know your drops on your rifle if you're going to be shooting long distance, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. All right. What about you, Kelly? Have you heard any whoppers? Whoppers? Mm, no, but probably the dumbest advice I ever got was to buy that Beretta. <laughs> I'm not. I, which which Beretta? Uh, the uh, PX4. Why'd they tell you to buy that? Well, I liked it, and it was shiny. <laughs> 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 it was my first pistol. It was it was a it was dumb. And then, yeah, I brought that one to the charity shoot in New Brunswick, and uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't go well. And then I went home and got a Glock. There you go. <laughs> That's the way to do that right there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I actually changed this just a little bit, so you can add, to, we can add to it. Uh, most satisfying argument you have won with any anti or even a FUD. Or even a FUD. Um, well, I've I've got two on this. Um, one was with my mom. Aww. The, yeah, yeah. Um, is she a FUD? No. <laughs> She's an auntie. <laughs> she was an auntie. She's not anymore. But this was back. This is this is the turning point from from her going completely anti-gun to. Oh, hold on a second. Maybe I need to rethink this. Um, we were driving in the car and we were talking. I don't remember what it was about. Um, I don't remember how it came up, but guns came up and she's always been against me getting, being involved with guns. Like when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to make my fingers into the L shape and make it like a gun and and make gun noises. Like I was not allowed to play guns at all. Uh, that backfired apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyhow, um, so she, she was, we were talking about something and she just, she's like, so so you think the solution is just to give everybody a gun and then the crime rates will go down? And I said, yeah. She goes, I, I, how? Like, what? Come on. Seriously. G- you know, give me a good reason. Give me a valid reason why this is a good idea. And it was just the really simple, well, the good guys that have the guns aren't going to do anything bad with them. And the bad guys already have the guns. So instead of taking the guns away from the good guys who aren't going to do anything bad with them anyway, you allow them to be protected against those who have the guns illegally and who are going to have them anyway. You can't take them away from the people who won't obey the law. It was just, it, it wasn't much longer than that. It was just a really simple sentence with that sort of information in it. And she just sort of stopped and it was just kind of, you could just see the gears turning in her head. And she's like, oh, oh. Yeah, no, when you put it that way, I guess that sort of makes sense. And from then on out, she started to switch over, and, and now she's completely fine with firearms and thinks that, uh, you know, it's a great pastime, it's a great hobby. Uh, good people should not be 
um, banned from having them. I mean, there there's nothing wrong with guns. The problem is people. The, it's not guns. So it was uh, it was a, it was a, a huge victory for me because my entire life I've sort of understood this concept and could not believe like just I, you know my parents just didn't get that. It, no no fault of theirs. I mean they you know just like everybody else in the in Canada are subject to CBC and and what they say on there and and uh, you know their parents were probably anti-gun as well and both of my grandfathers fought in the war and so they would have negative connotations for firearms in that regard and, and whatnot. So, you know, I don't blame them. I, I don't think they're dumb or anything. It's just that, you know, misinformed and just sort of followed with what the the common ideas at the time were. But it was really nice to see them sort of take notice that, okay, hold on, maybe I can rethink this and maybe I can, maybe, you know, maybe maybe this isn't such a bad thing after all. So that was... Uh, that was a cool one, and then the second one was uh, with a coworker. Actually, this is—it actually happened twice, but I'll combine the incidents and make it into one instance because it's just easier that way. But talking to uh, a couple coworkers, and and uh, they asked me what had you been doing on the weekend, and so I said, "Oh, I was out hunting," and one of them just jaw dropped, eyes opened up, killing. Like that's all she said. She just said that one word, killing. And looked at me like I was some murderer for for even suggesting that I would be out in the woods with a gun going after poor little Bambi and Thumper. And I looked at them, and I looked at what they were eating, and then I just looked back at them. They were having like a roast beef sandwich or something. And just I just looked at their food, and then looked back at them. And they looked down at their food, looked back up at me, never said another word. <laughs> it was just, yeah, nope. Um, yeah. It's, you know what, if you're going to eat meat... Your argument is invalid. I'm sorry. Whether you are the person that's killing your food or whether you pay somebody to kill your food for you, food is dying. And that's okay because yeah. it's delicious. <laughs> Salad. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those were my two uh, most satisfying uh, discussions with uh, the other side where, where I sort of got the upper hand and was able to point out the, the error of their ways. Mm. What about you guys? Adriel, what about you? Oh, pretty much every time it's it's after the range trip. <laughs> right. I mean, you can you can argue with a lot of people, and and some people are receptive to it. Um, friends and family, they'll they'll be a little bit more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt and and think uh, constructively about about your viewpoints. But for a lot of people, uh, uh, gun ownership is a is a really uh, personal thing to them, and they're either f- like really for it or really against it. Yeah. And I found that taking people out to the range is a fantastic way to pay, take people who are either neutral or against it and move them over to four or at least neutral about it, right? Uh, so I've had vegetarians who aren't aren't into uh, uh, guns at all and are uh, on the passive side of things and don't think anyone should should own guns uh, come away from a, a range session and be like, boy, you know, I don't think I'm going to buy a gun, but uh, I can I can see the allure. I can see why you like it. And uh, and they know more about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, like you can argue till you're blue in the face with with someone who's of that mindset of of the mindset that you know we don't need guns, and you can have internet arguments with people and you know cite all your uh, references and all that kind of stuff. Or you can take them out to the range, and I I found that one to, to just be like a hundred percent reliable uh, with the people I've taken out, with the people who have been like, yeah, I'd, I'd go to the range. I don't think I know enough about this. I think I'd be willing to give it a shot. And uh, show them that it, you you know they can go to the range and have a safe, fun time. They can learn a little bit. Oh, I thought 
I thought AR-15s would be way more powerful than a hunting rifle. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got that one squashed, right? Oh, I thought shooting pistols was easy. And, nope. you know, I, <laughs> I thought I could shoot stuff at 50 yards just, just by pointing at it. It's like, well, nope, unless you're one of those, you know, beginner's luck kind of a things. I've had people out like that where, you know, they've never tr- touched a pistol and they can just pound steel at, at 50 yards when they just pick one up. But Irritating, you know, isn't it? <laughs> very irritating <laughs> but uh but it, I, i've i've found those range trips to be so good and that's that's why i try to take people out to the range you know it's a i uh I, I go get some like the cheapest bullets possible and i let some people shoot some guns that I, that are mine that are gonna get shot anyways and they uh they learn something and we, we get some pros and we get some neutrals instead of some negatives and some neutrals right yep yeah yeah, yeah, I concur. Right. What nice. about uh, what about you, Kelly? Uh, I think the well, one of the things is I told you guys probably about a month or two ago about the ladies from work who were very anti-gun, um, and we went out for a walk. And by the time we were done, they they thought it was pretty cool that I go out and shoot, and mm-hmm. and they're interested in coming along. I take or we take a lot of people from work and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, especially the ladies and the lady, the ladies are now asking to go to, I have another, another girl I work with and she's, she's quite young. She's about 22, 23 and she goes, can I go to the range and with you? And I said, yep, just pick a time and we'll go. So I think uh, she's going to come out with me in the next little while. But what it is, is just, um, you know, Learning a little bit more, making it fun, and and having something in common with somebody, um, basically, and taking people to the range. The other side of it is um, the from the FUD point of view, uh, from from a lady's point of view, you know, finding it that women can actually shoot, and we're not afraid. Um, I had some conversations with some guys, and they thought that all we really could or wanted to shoot were 22s and you know 22 handguns as well no that's not what we want to shoot we want to shoot the ar-15s and all that and we want to shoot trap and we want to shoot all the stuff and you know what once they realize that we're not afraid of them then that's really cool for them too so don't forget the 50s yeah, and don't forget the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got pictures. Uh, so yeah, we're we're okay with actually, you know, not being coddled. And but at the same time, I've also seen guys give somebody, you know, a three hundred eight and just say, "Here, hold it like this," or you know what I mean. Don't do that either. So, anyways, that's it. That's cool. All right. Law enforcement. Have you guys actually had any interactions with law enforcement, and what uh, what did them been like? What was like the best one? Or I've had several. Um, none. <laughs> not, well, nothing. Nothing. Um, like where I've been doing anything wrong, and they've showed up. It's not like I've ever had the cops called on me because I've been out shooting, and they showed up, and you know, guns drawn. And but I've always just sort of managed to run into them. Um, most recently, uh, at the coffee school. Coffee shops? N- oh. N- no, not at coffee <laughs> shops, I don't think. But most recently at the school, um, our local police force uh, used to carry the Smith & Wesson Sigma. Terrible gun. But uh, regardless, that's what they used to carry. And 
we had the the school uh, or the city liaison liaison. I can never say that right. Uh, officer, and he's the guy that kind of goes school to school and just kind of uh, is the go between the school and the police force and and whatnot. Just kind of keeping the channels of communication open and and things. Anyway, he was there chatting with somebody, and I noticed that he was carrying a Glock. And I was like, you guys are carrying Glocks now? <laughs> right in the middle of the crowded lobby, right in the middle of school. Like, uh, he, was, he just kind of looked up and, oh, yeah, no, yeah, we carry, we're, it's, the, it's the Glock 22 and blah, blah, blah. We had a big gun discussion right there in the lobby of the, of the school. The principal standing there and those other teachers and students are milling around. He didn't care. I didn't care. Nobody cared. We just all, we just had a nice, good gun conversation right there in the middle of the lobby. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> that was just kind of funny. Um, I guess uh, another one where um, I ran into some uh, game wardens. Uh, we call them uh, forest rangers out here in New Brunswick, but uh, I figured game warden would be the word that everybody would understand. Curtis and I were out bombing around in the four-wheelers, and we didn't have our helmets on because we were on my parents' property. And on private property, you don't have to wear your helmet. That's the way it works. And they were there specifically looking for people not wearing their helmets. And so, you know, we stopped and we were chatting with them. They're like, where's your helmets? We're like, well, we don't have them on because we're on private property. Oh, private property? I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. You guys can stay on here and find other people who are... (laughs) (laughs) I just sort of gave them permission to kind of be on the property. (laughs) Whether they needed it or not, I don't know. But uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But anyway, while, uh, while we were standing there chatting, a moose wanders out with a broken leg. And Aww. all they had with them were their sidearms. They didn't have a, a shotgun or a rifle with them. And so one of the guys got out with his handgun and uh, shot the moose in the face. Put it down. <laughs> so it was kind of neat. He was, you know, 25, 30 yards away. So it was just kind of neat to see a game warden actually doing his job um, with the tools he, he had with him. And it was completely ethical. Like, it was a perfect, well-placed shot. Shot him right between, you know, it wasn't right between the eyes. It was, uh, it was sort of just under the ear. But, uh, you know, shot him right in the head, right in the brain pan, right where he needed to. And just the boost just dropped like a sack of potatoes, didn't feel a thing. But uh, it was just, you know, kind of cool to, to see them in action. Did you get yeah. a mistake? I, no. It was in the middle of summer. <laughs> uh, we went over and looked at it. It was just crawling with ticks. And it was all uh, mangy. And it was not a good-looking moose. So uh, we decided to just let it lie. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. Okay. What about you, Adriel? Uh, I haven't really been had that many interactions with law enforcement. I've never run across uh, uh, a, a DNR officer or a colloquial fish cop <laughs> <laughs> out out uh, out hunting. I've I've never run across one. Um, let's see. I've hunted with some cops, um, and I mean they're the surprisingly they're just regular people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, no, I mean, a lot of people say, like, oh, if you get pulled over, do you say if you've got guns in the car or not? Do you, like, self-proclaim that? And, like, I've never I've never even had the opportunity, so I don't even know which one I would do. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've just, uh, I've, it's never come up. I mean, uh, uh, here in Edmonton, most of the cops are, are busy dealing with, you know, gangs and drunks and, and yeah. people on drugs and that kind of thing. So they don't have time to hassle you. Uh, in the small towns, the the officers there do have time to hassle you, but mostly they're looking for speeders and that kind of thing. So just don't speed, and you'll never have to deal with it. I don't know. I mean, that sort of uh, makes sense kind of, to uh, me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I 
hope that I can uh, spend most days without having to deal with uh, with law enforcement because the day I do is probably because it's going to be a bad day for me, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. whether you know whether it's something that happens to me or you know I do something stupid, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I'm hoping to for not for that one. But, but you know. we all know that, uh, you know, just because you haven't broken any laws doesn't mean they're not going to try to make your day bad just because they don't like what you're doing or whatever. Yeah, you know, they see that BRS-99 and they're like, yep. that's not legal. <laughs> Why are you hunting deer with an Uzi? <laughs> this, is a, this is a slam dunk case, right? <laughs> yep. And, you're, and you educate them saying, this is a Canadian Uzi. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> This Polish this Polish Uzi is fine to use in Canada to hunt yes. deer. Yeah. That's not a silencer. These cuffs are way too tight. Where are we going now? Where are we going now? Can I call my wife? Funny. Yeah. Alright. I haven't had any feed I haven't had any interactions either, other than at the border. And uh, at the border, they're usually saying, they're usually saying, you know, oh, what do you got in the car? And other than that, hey, have you tried mine? And we really hate ours. Like, oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's basically that conversation. They're excited about what we have, like whether it's the Glock or whether it's the M and P or what, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's Something not- without a twelve-pound trigger. <laughs> exactly. Have you ever tried ours? And we're going, no, your trigger pull sucks. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, no, it's been pretty cool. So Yeah, that yeah. the border one reminded me of uh, one where this was uh, quite a few years ago, over a decade ago, over two decades ago probably. Um, back the first time or the second time I lived in New Brunswick, uh, we used to cross the border regularly to get gas. Mm-hmm. It's just cheaper over there. We live right on the border. You know, we'd go over for gas and milk, like almost on a daily basis, they, to the point where um, I'd roll up to the border. They'd see who I was, and they would just wave me through. This is pre nine eleven, so there was, you know, there's like, oh hey Matt, gas and milk. Yep, see you when you get back, kind of deal, right? So I'm pulling up to the border, and this was a, a bigger border crossing, not one that I was normally at, so they wouldn't have known me. And I pulled up and. Uh, as I was in line, and now it's too late to turn around because it would be super obvious, I remember that I've got my shotgun and twenty two in the trunk. Oops. Because I had been hunting the day before or earlier that day or whatever. And I'm like, oops, oh well, no big deal. I'll just tell the guy when I get there. So I get to the border. I'm like, yep, just, uh, he's like, uh, where are you going? I said, back to Canada. He goes, oh? I said, yeah, I forgot I left uh, a couple guns in the trunk. And he just kind of put his head up against the wall. He's like, oh. He goes, this isn't what we normally do, but just turn around, take him out, come back later. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> technically he was supposed to do something else. I don't know. So I turned around and got into the line to go back across the border into Canada because, you know, once you get into the States, like once you talk to the American guard, you're in, in the America, so you got to go back through the Canadian side. So right. I pulled up to the window and the lady... As soon as I saw it was a lady, I was like, oh, uh oh, because <laughs> I've heard stories. And I pull up to the window and she goes, how long were you in the U.S.? Oh, about 45 seconds. <laughs> she just looked up at me, huh? Yeah, I forgot I got a couple guns in the trunk. What? She sort of like, you could see her hands like all kind of getting all nervous. Like she was ready to, I don't know what she was ready to do. Yeah, this is before they carried guns. So I, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get shot anyway. 
But uh, she's like, what, what do you mean you got guns? I'm like, I was hunting earlier. I came across to get gas. I forgot to take them out. I just, well, what kind of guns are they? Well, one's a single shot 12 gauge. Another one's a, a 22. Oh, is that it? That's it. Okay. Off you go. <laughs> They didn't even check. They didn't even pull me into secondary and pop the trunk to see what I had. She's just like, okay, off you go. I'm like, all right. <laughs> because if you look like Opie. Nobody's going <laughs> You do, you know that. Uh, I, sure. That's you cool. innocent. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Lots of good times. <laughs> all right. Okay. Why don't we get on to listener feedback? Sure. All right, and I'm not reading this one. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to Adriel. We haven't heard Adriel. from him enough yet. <laughs> I know. Adriel, it's for you. All right, from James B. Since Trevor didn't bring it up, and because he wasn't there for the last show, and Matt was, and never talked about it, and he beat Trevor, too. Na-na-na, boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo, Trevor. <laughs> Na-na, boo-boo, I beat you. <laughs> Dear listeners, he will use any excuse in the book why he lost. First of all, some lame surgery on a wrist. I think he told me he missed a stroke. <laughs> what he might not tell you is that uh, is the hours of dry fire practice he did leading up to the event, which was canceled, but a load of people showed up. Weekend practice was not easy, especially when your dominant hand is useless. He did great with what he had. Great setup for inside. The shoot was a great man versus man, not man on man, Matt. Matt, I keep getting that up. wrong. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for the man-on-man. Man. And they're like, what? <laughs> Matt, it's man versus... Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad one to mistake. Matt, you scare me sometimes. <laughs> I uh, scare small... myself. <laughs> <laughs> the small three-gun was fun. Can't wait to do another. Would have finished higher if the Benelli Super Black Eagle 2 would have closed on battery on the fifth shot. It was open enough that when I pulled the trigger, nothing happened. AR skills jumped in. Wish they hadn't. <laughs> I racked it. The fifth shell flew out and had to do a reload. I think I could have hit the bolt forward and maybe bang. Lessons learned. Another thing I learned, uh, screw 1911 in 45. <laughs> Not good for competing. Going to stick with the Tang Foglio, a real gun. Uh, going to, uh, gotta RO a few guys, some worse than others, but holy cow, there was a pile of misses. A few guys went through some money. Frosty, glad you were not there to see your demise. I would say 19 plus gun salute with just under 500 rounds. The most expensive send off I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, the Tannerite was not mixed well enough for a boom. It wasn't Tannerite, it was Shockwave. Can I say this next part? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not looking at it. Uh, sure you can. Go for it okay. and I'll bleep it if I have to. Yes. All right. Remember, keep your dick in a vice. <laughs> it's stick Trevor. on the ice. Stick on the oh, ice. Oh, oh. <laughs> the autocorrect right there. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. Uh, <laughs> P.S. Trevor, put my number on speed dial. I'll drive up to defend what I'm saying. You're going down. Bring better guns and a life coach. P.P.S. <laughs> Need to hey, I'm his life gun. coach. <laughs> Sorry, what's the P.P.S.? Uh, Need to borrow a shotgun. Sold the Benelli Super Black Eagle 2. Too many jams. I'm not kidding. It's sold. What do you think a real three-gun shotgun, uh, gas-driven, or an uh, another uh, inertial-driven Benelli? M4, M1, Beretta A400, Mooseburger. What do you think? Um... 
my buddy really likes his uh, Beretta 1301 competition. Uh, that's uh, low cost. It's right around, I think he paid like 1300 somewhere around there. Uh, it's gas-driven. Uh, it's fast. And after the initial break-in, it's been flawless for him. So I think if I had to buy something and, and I was on like that right around a $1,000 budget, I'd buy that. If I had unlimited money, I'd probably go Benelli M2 with a whole pile of mods on it. That seems to be the the, the three-gun to beat. And if I was on a super budget, I'd have the gun I have right now, maybe like a Stoger 3500. Cool. cool. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I've seen a lot of guys run the Mossberg 930 JM um, and to varying degrees of success. Some of them, it's it's flawless and some of them, it's not flawless. Uh, so I mean, there's I mean, there's a, there's a lot of choice out there. I wouldn't go with the M4. Uh, it's kind of heavy. It uh, it's, it's it's expensive. It's reliable though. Um, and the Beretta A4, the Beretta A400 is very similar to the uh, uh, 1301 uh, competition, but the 1301 kind of comes all kitted out for three guns, so it's good for that. And it still works for ducks and that kind of thing because it comes with uh, uh, interchangeable chokes. Cool. Oh. All right. So if you have any emails that you would like to send us, uh, just like James B. did, and you can actually insult Trevor as well, is send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com, or if you actually have any stories that are pretty good too, whether it's uh, interactions with uh, law enforcement or you want to actually talk about bragging about your best shot, maybe you also shot the wings off of a fly, <laughs> uh, then you can send it to us as well. Oh, one more shotgun I forgot to mention to James, oh. the uh, Versamax. Uh, the Versamax right. is another really uh, popular option out there. Again, gas-driven, uh, but uh, I think Cabela's had the had the not the Sportsman. The Sportsman's like the the cheaper version. They've got a better version out there, and my buddy got one for somewhere around a thousand bucks. That's another good option out there, but it requires modification. It's not ready for competition right off the bat. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt, can you see the iTunes review? I can. Can you read it for us, please? I can. All right, this comes to us from Tyler JPM from the United States. So, sort of a foreign country, but not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gave us a five-star rating, and the title is, It's Okay, I Guess. <laughs> the review reads, <laughs> It could use some more SKS discussion. discussion. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's an alright show if you've already burned through all of your other podcasts. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. That's Fantastic. Thank you, Tyler JPM. Yeah. All right. So we have, uh, let's see, for five-star ratings, we have 144 five-star ratings. So 110 from Canada, 30 from the U.S., one from Australia, one from the U.K., one from Lithuania, and one from Belgium. So if you would like to send us an iTunes review, that would be amazing because the more we have, the more that we get actually noticed. And then the more we get noticed, the more that we can actually, well, what can we do? Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin more people's days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, send us an iTunes review and we hopefully will not, uh, you know, send any viruses to your computers or anything like that. So. Probably. We make no promises. Right. Okay. Shoutouts? Anybody got any? Uh, nope. Uh, Adriel? No. Okay. I do have one. I just wanted to say that I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to tell everybody that I was a better shot than you. I'm not a better shot than you. You are a better shot than I am. Okay. 
Get <laughs> that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon supporters, uh, we don't have any new ones for this week, but that's okay because we have some amazing ones. Uh, Colin H., Dave Z or Zed, it depends on if you're from the States or Canada. Mr. Uzi, who is also Thomas B. Morgan S., Jason P., Dalton H., Jonathan S., Tyler A., Richard D., Rob B., Thomas S., Chad G., Kevin L., Ryan B., Adrian R., Mike R., Mark P., Justin D., Miss Stacy, or Spencer C., Byron A., and James B. Now, you guys, thanks for actually supporting us. We'll have some new content coming up in the next little while. Yeah. Right, Adriel? Yeah. Okay. Send us a note about that room. Just, I need to know. I, I'll forget. <laughs> I, I've already forgotten. <laughs> that was just my reminder to Adriel to send us a note. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so, with that in mind, make sure that you go out and join one of the advocacy groups that we have in Canada, the CCFR, the CSSA. Uh, or the NFA or anybody else, as long as you're joining those groups, um, they're supporting us. So why don't you support them? Uh, go out and also see us on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a thread there. You can actually make comments and communicate with us as, there as well. Uh, I did actually check the likes for today on Facebook. We're at 1,547 likes. We have 116 thumbs up. 26 gold stars and counting, two flukes, four manatee flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space, one HK logo, two hobbit thumbs, five duckbills, two squirrel nuts, two honks, two 1911 triggers, an ace of spades, a cartridge in a pear tree, and a pheasant in a pine tree. <laughs> wow. And we we didn't get anything this week. So that was kind of disappointing, actually. <laughs> yeah, we need to add to the list, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyways. Okay. Other than that, you guys got anything else to say? Words and wisdom to close out the show with? Nope. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thirty odd six is all you need for hunting. There you go. That's a good word of wisdom. Yeah. I don't even believe it, but I'll say it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) The worst advice. Anyway, okay. All right. And Trevor, I hope you're feeling better in your back next week. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. North Dakota. Isn't that Fargo? Fargo. That's such an awesome movie. That was awesome. That was one of my favorite movies ever. Especially the wood chipper scene. The what? Wood chipper scene. The wood the chipper end. scene. Yes, that was funny. Yes, it was good. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was great, <laughs> eh? Oh yeah. No, it was like my favorite movie. Chip them right up, don't you know? <laughs> we should know. do the whole show in that accent. Oh, hi. Welcome to episode 179, eh? It's Slamfire Radio, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Fargo.